Blog Talk Radio. Knock down the wall 
tonight, God, for everybody that's represented here tonight, God, on the phone lines, everybody that's represented on the podcast, everybody that's represented on Blog Talk Radio, Twitter, and Facebook, God, everybody that's listening, however they're listening on tonight, God, I give you honor and I give you praise for them and for what you're about to do in their lives, God. I pray that you minister this word to them, God, in the way that it was given to me. So that your name may get the glory. Use me to your benefit, God, tonight, however you see fit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Prolific Fire, everybody. I am your humble host, Prophet Stacy. I pray that the word of the Lord will be a blessing unto you on tonight. Let's get right into it. The foundational text comes from Luke 7. Verses 36 through 39. There's Luke 7, verses 36 through 39 from the NIV. 
when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As soon and and she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wipe his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Again, that's Luke 7, verses 36 through 39, NIV. Wait a minute, Mr. Pharisee. She was a sinner before she came in your house. And she was still a sinner when she entered your house, uninvited. But you don't seem to have a problem with who she was or what she was. You didn't seem to have a problem, not until touched Jesus. That's when the problem came about, when she touched Jesus. That's when you had the nerve to say to yourself, referring to Jesus as a man, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Luke 7, verse 39, NIV. And Jesus, knowing what the Pharisee was saying to himself, Jesus called him out and told him exactly what his problem was. Let's look at let's look at Luke seven verses forty four through forty eight from the NIV. That's Luke seven verses forty four through forty eight from the NIV. Then Jesus turned toward the woman and said to Simon the Pharisee, Do you see this woman? Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins, not just a few sins, her many sins have been forgiven, as as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. You see, beloved, this Pharisee, he was really upset that this woman, a sinner, had come up in his house and managed to do for Jesus all the things he should have been doing. 
He was just mad, upset that this woman, a sinner, had came up in his house and managed to do all the things for Jesus that he should have been doing. People don't like it when you show them up. People don't like it when you show them up. When you are doing more than they doing more than them. And they especially don't like it when you get acknowledged or you get rewarded for your actions. And Jesus did both. He acknowledged the woman and rewarded her for her actions. And he rewarded her for her actions by forgiving her of her sins. Now, may I remind you that the Bible says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1, verse 9, NIV. Therefore, I came to Polyphi tonight to tell somebody, people are hating on you because you're bold enough to do what they should be doing. People are hating on you simply because you're bold enough to do what they should be doing. They're hating on you because you're bold enough to show up uninvited and do what needs to be done and do it with all your heart, not looking for anything major in return. You are doing it and doing it as unto the Lord, not looking for anything major in return. Just like the woman in tonight's foundational text, she wasn't looking for anything major in return. She just wanted to be forgiven. She just wanted to be forgiven. She just wanted to come in and love on Jesus, come in and worship him with what she had. She just wanted to come in and worship him with what she had. It's so important that you worship Jesus with what you have. It's so important that you worship Jesus with what you have. And stop comparing what you have to give him. You have to put on the altar before him to what somebody else is doing. Stop comparing what you have to give him, what you have to put on the altar before him to what somebody else is doing. The Bible says it's not wise to compare yourself to others. It's not wise to compare yourself to others. Second Corinthians 10 Verse 12, New King James Version. Your relationship, you see, your relationship with Jesus is yours. It's just that it's yours. Your relationship with Jesus is yours. It's homemade in the secret place. Psalms 91 talks about being in the secret place. It's a place of refuge. It's a place of trust. It's a place of safety. It's a place of safety, protection, and intimacy. And I advise you, especially now with everything that's going on, get in that place. Get in that place and don't let nothing pull you out of that place. Stay in the secret place and give Jesus what you have. And give Jesus what you have. The woman in tonight's foundational text, what she had was tears. The woman in tonight's foundational text, what she had was tears. Tears of repentance. Tears represent everything she had been through 
and was still going through. What she had was perfume and kisses from her lips to his feet. Here she was humbling herself, kneeling at Jesus' feet, worshiping him, loving on him. But yet the man, the Pharisee, Simon, who invited Jesus to dinner, couldn't do that. And this is what amazes me. He didn't even think to do that. Where was his hospitality? Where was his hospitality? I mean, Jesus was in his house. He invited Jesus to dinner. So where was his hospitality? Because in that moment, the woman he called a sinner looked more like Christ than he did. Because in that moment, the woman he called a sinner looked more like Christ than he did. Beloved, some people have a real problem with you. They hate you because you look like what they claim to be. Some people have a real problem with you. They hate you because you look like what they claim to be but are not. Because you look like what they claim to be but are not. It's not that that you think you're more than anybody else. That's what they want you to believe. But it's not that you think that you're more than anybody else. It's that they know they're not where they're supposed to be in God. They know they're not where they're supposed to be in their career. They know they're not where they're supposed to be in their relationship, etc. So they choose to hate the one who is where they want to be. They choose to hate the one who is doing what they want to do, the one that's doing what they should be doing. They choose to hate you. They choose to hate on you. Haters in the house. That's why the title of this message tonight is Haters in the House. You see, as a Pharisee, it's likely that Simon had learned significant theologic. I'm going to leave that word alone. Significant scripture. He had memorized extensive portions of scripture, exercised rigorous self-discipline, he had tied it, he had tied seriously, spent much time serving God, and enjoyed a reputation as a godly man. He was enjoying a reputation as a godly man. He was enjoying serving God like so many, but yet he did not love God. He had memorized scriptures. He had a a rigorous routine going on, self-discipline going on. He was tithing and all of that, but he did not love God. I did my research on this, and it said that he did not love God in spite of him serving and enjoying a a reputation as a godly man. He did not love God. Yet the woman, however, the woman in tonight's foundational text was described by the Pharisee as a sinner. But yet Jesus described this same woman as a model for true worship. So here we have it, a Pharisee enjoying the reputation of being a godly man, but yet he doesn't really love God. And we all know somebody like that 
who has the reputation of being a godly man or a godly woman, who has a reputation of being pastor, being evangelist, being a prophet, being a teacher, being somebody in the Lord's house. But outside of the Lord's house, they really don't love him. They really don't love the Lord's people. They're really not representing what they pretend to be a representation of. Even though he asked Jesus to come into his house for dinner, he didn't love him. He invited him to dinner, but he didn't love him. I don't see how you could do that, but okay. And yet, we have the woman, a sinner, who showed up at the house, and immediately she understood what it meant to show hospitality, to show honor, to love on him, to worship him, which means never judge a book by its cover. Because I'm quite sure if, if we could see both of them standing side by side, all of us probably would pick Simon to be the one that really loves Jesus, Based on her history, based on how she probably came there looking, because she was, she was desperate for forgiveness. So when you're desperate, you don't care about how you look. So we probably would have picked him. And just judging a book by his cover, we all would have picked wrong. Never judge a book by his cover. That person just might be hanging around you because they enjoy the reputation that comes with being connected to you. That person just might be hanging around you because they enjoy the reputation that comes with being connected to you. They don't love you. Just like Simon, he enjoyed the reputation of a godly man, but he didn't love Jesus. They don't love you. Not when they can talk about you in their head and think because you can't hear them that it's okay. What they're calling you is okay. But Jesus hears. That's a problem, but Jesus hears. Just like he did the Pharisees in tonight's foundational text. He heard what he was saying about the woman, about the woman that came into the house of sinner. Jesus heard what he was saying about her, and he called him out on it and exposed the real issue, the real problem, because you... Just like the woman in tonight's foundational text, you have been forgiven. Somebody, you have been forgiven. Don't let the devil play you play you for crazy. Although you may not always feel forgiven, you have been forgiven. So it doesn't matter what your haters are saying. So it doesn't matter what your haters are saying about you. Jesus welcomes you into his presence. And even though he knows what you used to be, Still, he chooses to forget. He knows what you used to be, what you used to do. He knows all of that, but he chooses to forget. Chooses to remove your sins as far away from you as the east is from the west. He chooses to remember it no more. And he welcomes you into his presence. He has called you a true worshiper. Just like he called a woman in tonight's foundation text. And that's all that matters. So let your haters talk. Even those right there in the house with you. Because some of y'all got your haters right there in the house with you. 
Let your haters talk. Let them talk. Father God, strengthen everybody under the sound of my voice that finds themselves dealing with haters. Haters in the house, haters on the job, haters in the classroom, etc. Expose every weapon and every motive and fill them yet again with the joy, with your joy, with your strength, in spite of, in Jesus' name. Save the unsaved. Holy Spirit, draw those who are in need of Jesus, in need of love and kindness, seeing as how this world has treated them so cold. I'm asking you tonight, Father, draw them. Last but not least, Father God, we pray for Israel, for the women and children being targeted especially. Send forth forth your warring angels on tonight. Send forth your warring angels on their behalf. Those whose job is to fight, to war against every enemy, every plot, every active threat, and acted out in the land. We call for peace. Let peace return to Israel. Let peace return to Jerusalem. Heal the land. Comfort the innocent. Shield and protect your people. Father, in the name of Jesus, Satan, we rebuke your hand and your plan. Satan, we rebuke your hand and your plan. Father, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes tonight's message. I pray that you are blessed, that you got something out of the word of the Lord for tonight. If you have prayer requests, you can send in your prayer requests. You can submit your prayer requests by going to prolificfire.com. That's prolificfire.com. Check out the website. And submit your prayer request. I will get back to you via email. If you feel led to sow, you can sow on the website as well at prolificfire.com. Or you're welcome to use the cash app. It's a dollar symbol in the ministry's name, Prolific Fire. The P in Prolific is capital. The F in Fire is capital written all together. Or you can use PayPal, paypal.me slash prolificfire. That's paypal.me slash prolificfire. Announcements. There will be no faith on the line this week. There will be no faith on the line this week. Faith on the line will be back next week. But join me for prolificfire next Monday, same night, time, and place, unless otherwise stated. With that being said, thank you, everybody who took the time to tune in. Thank you, everybody, who will be listening to the replay. Everybody have an awesome night in the Lord. I'm out.